So I want you to imagine that there is this river of money and it's just flowing. And there's all of these people dumping money into the river and the river's just flowing like crazy. Well, those people are business owners. And if you can figure out how to grab some buckets, go up to the river and bail some of that money, you can make some money quick. This is Terrio Media. Hey, strap in. It's time for the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. We'll be your guides as we navigate the housing market, the landscape of creative financing strategies, and everything you need to swap that office chair for a beach chair. If you're looking for some one-on-one help, meet us at reiace.com. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. All right, so today we've got the privilege of hosting an entrepreneur whose story reads like a, a roller coaster ride through the world of business. From braving sub-zero temperatures as a pizza delivery guy to facing a six-figure battle with the IRS, his journey is a testament to resilience and ingenuity. He's hustled water bottles on the street to keep the lights on and has navigated the highs of nightclub ownership, all while mastering the art of online marketing and client acquisition. He's got an amazing YouTube channel that I tune into weekly and learn a ton from each. That's how I came across him. So Let's dive into the mindset, strategies, and stories of a man who's not just survived, but thrived in the face of challenge. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Henry. Dan, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. Hey, I'm super happy to be here. Sweet. I'm happy to have you here. First off, does, I'm a big fan of the channel, you know, with so many of the, the business gurus out there. And, and, and I've mentored with a lot of them. I worked with Dean Jackson for a while and Frank Kern for a year. And I sat next to Alex Ramosi in a mastermind for years. You just kind of came out of nowhere for me. I just discovered you, your channel about six months ago, and it's just been really refreshing. I love it. So oh, thanks, man. Congrats on what you've been doing. Thank you. Yeah, I try to be a little, I try to be a little bit different. <laughs> yes, no, I love it. I love it. It reminds me like, you know, kind of of what Dean Jackson does on his podcast, but uh, just the video element and a little more spunk in the personality is it's a, it's a nice watch. It's, it makes cool, it, uh, man. Learning cool. I'm glad you enjoy. I'm glad you enjoy. Yep. Totally. So, the more and more I listen to you, the more and more I hear, like you've got this really diverse, wide background. I was just watching something today where you talked about the 14 different businesses you went in and, and that now you've got this one that you that decided is the best one, but there were so many different ones. Can you just kind of quickly share the background and bring us up to where you are today? Yeah. So I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur, you know, years ago, I delivered pizza for seven years straight <laughs> and that was my life. And I just, it was horrible. They say you can find happiness anywhere. And that, yeah, that may be true if you're a monk, but when you're delivering pizza for seven years, it sucks. Let's just not mince words here. It, it sucks. And so one day I just woke up and I was like, I don't want to be a part of this machine anymore. I don't want to spend eight hours of my day making other people rich. I want to do my own thing. And so I became an entrepreneur. And over the course of, you know, 15 years, I know I look young, I just drink a lot of water, but I simply tried everything. I mean, I, I mean everything. I was doing airbrush tattoos. I had a, a cotton candy and kettle corn stand. I had an Italian ice mobile cart. I had an SEO agency. I had a nightclub. I had an Irish pub. I mean, I could just keep going, you know, uh, affiliate marketing, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And I did pretty well with with some of it and other stuff was terrible, you know? The nightclub I did, I think, really well with because it was a horrible location. I bought it, remodeled it, used internet marketing to make it popular, and I sold it. 
uh, after 14 months of ownership for a $300,000 profit, which in the state of Florida is unheard of. I lost all that money in a bad investment, but still, you know. And the thing is, is that I learned that, and look, I'm sure there's some business models out there that can make you a millionaire, absolutely. But for me, I, I had this, what most would call a unicorn business model dream in my head. And that was, I wanted a business that made a lot of money, had a low amount of BS, and could mm -hmm. make me a lot of money relatively quickly. Now, those three things, it just, it sounds like one of those unrealistic expectations that some teenager has. But in reality, I found that business model that's selling ones and zeros. I teach stuff online. And that could be in the form of online courses, a membership site. It could be coaching. It could be running virtual events or even in-person events. But in other words, some form of education. Because when I had an, an, a marketing agency, I could only take on so many clients. And that got me started. It did. I was making good money doing that. But it didn't make me millions. And when I started educating people, you know, you, you make a video once, it doesn't matter if 10 people watch it or 10,000 people watch it. It costs you roughly the same to deliver that. But if you had 10,000 clients that you provided a service for, that would be nearly impossible. There's not that many businesses out there that have 10,000 clients. Right. And so I really found that helping people solve problems digitally, meaning teaching them to solve problems, the do-it-yourself market, and providing that digitally was really a gold mine. And um, we did multiple eight figures in that industry. Mm-hmm. And what does your, your business look like today? What's the core business? Well, it looks a lot different than it used to in my, in my grind days. These days, I'm all about more passive income, chilling with my family, not, not going too crazy, which is funny because my audience has blown up a lot more with me having a chiller lifestyle, which is ironic. But uh, we just have a membership site called Get Clients University. It's 97 bucks a month and it just has pretty much all the same stuff that I used to charge like 10 grand for. It has in the community and we do a call every week and it's just like a lot of value for a very little amount of money. And so we just went overboard on the value and we've quickly amassed 1,200 members and we're growing every month uh, substantially. And so, you know, you do the math on that. And then we have some others, you know, there, we, have up, we have things that we upsell past that, but that's like the main part of it. Well, cool. To get to that number of recurring revenue, I mean, that's amazing. I can see how that would allow you a lot of time to relax. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I put a lot of the money that I made back when, I, when we were doing crazy numbers and I was coaching and I was doing events and Tony Robbinsing it out. Uh, I put a lot of that in real estate. And so that, that made, that made me a ton of money. So I, I just, I don't need to grind that hard. I want to enjoy life. Right. Nice. And up until that very moment, I mean, people might've been wondering why I even had you on the show because I know real estate isn't your expertise, but I just learned now yeah, that you do have some experience in it, but I really invited you because I just think there's a ton to learn from general business. I belong to a number of real estate masterminds and real estate coaches and real estate coaching masterminds. I mean, it's almost an addiction these days. But um, I always get the most out of the groups where there aren't any other real estate people in there. And so I wanted to try and maybe recreate some of the magic that I experienced with you for real estate investing that for anyone, a real estate investor that's watching or listening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
because I mean, I've gotten some amazing things like from the guy that coached chiropractors and the guy that coached it. He had an ad agency for attorneys. And it was just like, I got so much more there. And the, the concept of mastermind was went so much deeper because no one was in competition with each other. Everyone shared freely and we just passed files back and forth. It was just an amazing thing. And, but then I just learned a lot more about business too, outside of real estate. And so I thought there was, so there's an opportunity here. Yeah. I mean, I, I can cover what I've done in real estate. I mean, I just made a million off one property a couple months ago. I mean, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I could go over with you. I mean, I've always made multiple six figures in my properties. So I'd be happy to go over what I've done. I mean, I don't sell anything in regards to real estate, so I can just spill the beat, you know? No, I definitely want to go there. What's kind of I'm already sensing is that there's probably a good amount of experience and lessons that you learned from your other businesses that you've probably been able to translate into real estate to even have those be so successful. And that's kind of what I was actually mm-hmm. going for. Yeah. So like, let's go from with all these different variety of this variety of ventures that you that you share, like from the Italian ice carts and the nightclubs and the everything. Which of those experiences do you hold most dear? And what did it teach you? Which one do you think you got the best lessons from? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I would probably say the nightclub because the nightclub is where I realized a very profound epiphany. I'll give you an example, right? So when I owned a nightclub, one day this fire marshal comes in and he's super, super angry. And he tells me that I haven't had the hood vent cleaned above the grill. And he said, if you don't clean that, we're going to shut you down. And I was very young in business at this point. I mean, I looked like I was 12. If you saw pictures of me when I owned this nightclub, if you walked into a bar and I said I was the owner, you you wouldn't believe me. And most people didn't. So I was very young. And I was in like my early 20s. And I learned that there are certain things that you have to do because I had to clean that hood vent by law and so the restaurant didn't burn down. And it made me realize that if you want to start a business, the best customer in the world is another business. And that's because... They're the one customer that has to spend money to stay in existence. Like I had to spend money on liquor, food, maintenance, employees, licensing, all this stuff every single day. And it's the one type of customer that always has to spend. The only question is, who do they spend with? And so I want you to imagine that there is this river of money and it's just flowing. And there's all of these people dumping money into the river and the river's just flowing like crazy. Well, those people are business owners. And if you can figure out how to grab some buckets, go up to the river and bail some of that money, you can make some money quick. And so what I realized after I sold the bar that every business has unique problems and they're always spending money to solve those problems. But there's one problem that every business has. They always need more customers. And that was no different. And so I knew how to get customers from my bar because I had to get customers. So I had to figure out how to use social media marketing, how to use Facebook ads and YouTube ads and, and how to sell over direct message on. I learned how to do all this stuff to get business from my bar. And I actually went from the worst bar in town in a horrible location to the number one bar in town. Still in a horrible location, but the marketing was so good that it didn't matter. And so- mm-hmm. I ended, my wife gives me this idea. She says, hey, you're really good at getting customers for a business. Every business you've had, you've been able to get customers. You've made some poor decisions 
in those businesses unrelated to, you know, getting customers, but you're good at that. And she's like, why don't you just start a, a agency or something where you help other businesses get customers? And so that's what I did. And I went from literally trying to sell water bottles on the side of the road to pay the electric to like a $25,000 a month in a couple months doing that. And I did that for, I don't know, seven or eight months. And then people started asking me how I was doing what I was doing. So I started a, uh, an online course on how to create your own agency and how to make money helping businesses get customers. And then that did that did 2.9 million the first year. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do this, you know? So it took off from there. And then of course, that, that money is incredibly high profit margin because you're just making videos. And so I took that money, I put it into real estate and made a ton of money off real estate. So that's sort of how that all transpired. Got it. What do you say to people? Because you speak very freely about what you've done and now that what you teach. I'm just curious, and this I did not even have this prepared, but it just came to mind. How do you respond to people that say uh, those who uh, can do and those who can't teach? Some idiot came up with that one day and people just repeated it. That's it. I mean, it's stupid, stupid. So let me ask you this. Do you know anybody that has ever had a horrible medical condition and they needed surgery from a surgeon? Mm -hmm. Okay. They needed that surgery. If that surgeon didn't exist, they would die, correct? Right. Okay, who taught that surgeon how to perform surgery? Their professor or their... Uh, who was another, another surgeon, doctor, right? Right? Another surgeon. Okay, yep. so that, that little phrase might sound cool, but the fact is that people who are really good at things, eventually, in order to grow and... Because what do we have if we don't pass our knowledge on? I mean, human history literally has been dictated by the passing of knowledge drawing the Egyptians and stuff, drawing stuff in caves and cavemen drawn. This is all stuff that we've done. And we are very big on passing on knowledge. I mean, we have data centers. I mean, we, we have colleges and universities. Why? Because when we learn how to f- do something, we teach it to the next generation so that there are still doctors. There are still pilots, okay? Who teaches a pilot yeah. how to fly? A friggin' pilot. Who, so that may be true for like little dumb things, but for important mm-hmm. things, it's got to be taught by somebody who knows what they're doing. I knew what I was doing. I knew how to get customers from multiple businesses. I had an agency getting customers for multiple businesses. And then eventually I, I taught it and then it worked and we had tons of successful students. So I am not saying that there aren't people out there that aren't good at stuff. And so they go to teach it because they think that that's the easy way and then they suck. And that's why you have a lot of poor educators out there, but you also have a lot of poor educators in the, in the school system. You wouldn't just say, well, we're not going to do that. You know, then there'd be no more doctors, no more pilots, no more surgeons. So my strategy for teaching has always been to get really good at the thing I'm teaching first, which makes it effortless to teach it. And you learn it better yourself when you teach it. So I geek out on this stuff. I love marketing. I love business. I love solving problems and getting paid for it. Whether I'm doing it or whether I'm teaching it or anywhere in between, I geek out on it. I nerd out on it. I love it. And so I'm going to continue to do it and making tons of money in the process. Right, right. Cool. Thanks for answering that. I get that question frequently. And I'm like, if you only knew, like my experience is this teaching business has been a harder business for me than my real estate business. 
And sometimes I wonder like, well, why do I do it? You know, and it's very much kind of what you just said. Passing on of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as I had a son, all of a sudden passing on knowledge took on a whole new meaning. Yeah. There will uh, always be people who will put some negative spin on whatever. Why? Because they're not doing jack in their lives. And so the only way they can feel better about the fact that they're not doing jack is to look at people who are and knock them down a peg. It's just basic human behavior. Yep. So you've coached a lot of business owners to very, varying degrees. That's why I really like the, your channel so much. There's so much variety. And a lot of the same advice goes, it is passed on regardless of what their business is and what industry it's in. What are the common denominators that you've noticed amongst your students that struggle the most? I'll say here's the biggest common denominator. Most entrepreneurs, when they start a business, they fail to realize that they're in the business of figuring out how to provide a solution to a problem that their customer cares about. And so really everything they should be doing is talking about what their customer cares about. But what they do is they talk about what they care about. And so I'll give you an example. The reason my bar was so successful in the area was because most of the bar owners treated their bar as their personal playground. They played the type of music they liked. They decorated it the way they liked. They, mm. Every decision was based on them. That is not an entrepreneur. That is some middle-aged crisis person who decided to own a bar because they didn't want to go to therapy. Okay, that's it. I'm an entrepreneur. Every decision I made from the music to the branding, to the interior decorating, to the names of the drinks, it was all designed around what that market in that town wanted. I didn't, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't like top 40. I don't like rap music. I don't like pop music. I like metal. If I play metal in my bar, no attractive women are going to come. And if no attractive women come, no guys come. And if no guys come, the bar makes no money. So I played all the garbage that you hear. You know, I had the Cardi B and the all those hip-hop songs that I think are absolute garbage. I played those every single night because that's what my customers wanted to hear. I didn't care what I wanted to hear. I cared what they wanted to hear. This is a fundamental problem all entrepreneurs have. They don't care about what their customer cares about. They care about what they care about. And it's it's honestly really stupid because... If you're a business owner, you should know the basic of, hey, what does my customer want? And most of these entrepreneurs, they don't even think about that. So that's probably the biggest common denominator. So conversely, for those that succeed, would you say it's just the opposite? No. For those that succeed, the biggest, the biggest common denominator for them is mm -hmm. they figure out a way to make a lot of money and then they do something else. Mm -hmm. And here's why. They confuse a business with entertainment. They think that if you're bored in your business and your business is no longer entertaining you, you need to shift gears. But the truth is the most stable and most successful businesses are when you're bored because it means you've solved all the major problems. You've mastered it. You're bored. That's the worst time to pivot. That's the time when you just look at yourself deep in the mirror and you say, hey, I'm an adult. I'm an entrepreneur. This is what's supposed to happen. I'm not here to make my business my personal gesture. I'm here to make money. And if it's boring, it means it's making money, okay? And so they, they get disinterested because of whatever childhood trauma they had, and then they go and try something else. That's the biggest common denominator with those that are successful. And I've done that myself. So I'm, I'm 
preaching from experience. Yeah. I think uh, that is a trait a lot of us entrepreneurs have, right? And yeah. as you were saying that, I was like, oh my God, he's talking to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get a dog or watch a new Netflix show. Okay. I don't know. What's, right. You know. <laughs> that's the entertainment, not your business. We'll be back with more right after this. Hope is not a financial strategy. Let's get back to work. All right, so let's get shipped into a little bit more practical, tactical, uh, if we could. So considering your expertise, Dan, in getting businesses, clients, if you were dropped in the middle of the country and were tasked with finding a property owner that would sell you their property at a deep discount, how would you go about it? Well, that's not really my investment strategy, so I'm not going to be right. speaking from experience, but I'm not at, yes, that's why I asked. But I, I have, I have had clients that did that and I've advised them on it and, and some of this stuff has worked. So what I would do is if I didn't want to get off my fat ass at all, I would run mm-hmm. a Facebook ad and I would say, hey, if you are underwater in your mortgage right now, we're buying homes cash within 48 hours. It is a 10-minute approval process. If you fill out this form, uh, we'll send you a text and let you know if you're approved within 10 minutes. And I'd craft some sort of ad around that and I would test it until I was getting applications for a decent cost. And then I would go through the applications and I would just start texting people and I'd get back to them within five or 10 minutes because there was an MIT study that said that if you get back to your leads within five minutes, you have an uh, 8x, like it increases the chances that you're going to make the sale by 8x. 8x. Yep, I've okay. Yep. That's what I would do. And I would literally just get on there and I would start texting people immediately, get them on the phone real quick, qualify them, and then make a deal. Now, if I didn't have any money, well, then, well, I'd probably have to have a little bit of money. I could contract flip. I could say, hey, I'll give you a, you know, an escrow deposit. And then I would go and find another buyer and flip it. But again, it would depend on if I had money or not. But that's probably the first thing I would do. I, I wouldn't go door knocking. I mean, dude, the time it would take you to door knock or put together a bunch of flyers, you could literally have made 50 ads on Facebook mm-hmm. all at 5 or $10 a day, ran them. And with probably the same amount of money, you out of those 50 advertisements, two or three minimum would work. And then you just go, okay, I'm going to do more ads like that and less ads like the ones that didn't. And within a couple of weeks, you've got, you've got really strong converting advertisements that are bringing you qualified leads. I consulted um, a couple of companies actually that did that and it worked fantastic for them. But it was all about the right angle, right? Like for instance, mm-hmm. let's say it's in a town where there's a county commissioner or there's some sort of political figure that, recently did something and everybody's angry about it, right? And it's causing problems with people with their homes or something like that. Or maybe it could be the president of the United States, whatever. I'd make an ad and I'd talk about it. I'd be like, are you about to lose your home because of this dude, XYZ happened, of what he did? And then I would say, what if there was a way to be able to stay in your home for longer, completely get out of your mortgage, save your credit completely, and you would have time to find a more affordable spot, right? And then I'd take them to the application. That's what I would do. 
Got it. So if you have this problem, here's the solution. Here's how to get it. Test it. Yeah, marketing. <laughs> yeah, marketing. Exactly. It comes down to this. Why won't this work? If you're, it won't work if you're lazy. It won't work if you don't want to risk some money on, on ads. It won't work if you're not willing to pick up the phone and call these people immediately. That's when it won't work. That's when it won't work. Okay. So that's the only caveat here is like, look, this whole game of business, investing, it's all simple. What's hard is getting yourself to accept that it's simple and actually do it. You know, I, I can teach you how to fill out a, a purchase agreement in 20 minutes and you'd be an expert at it as much as you needed to be. But why you don't fill one out and give it to a seller every single day, that's, that's on you, right? That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's okay. I like people like that. It makes it a lot easier for people like us who are willing to do the work. <laughs> so listen, if you're listening to this and you've ever done that, if you ever procrastinated, if you've never not put in the work, first of all, I'm just telling you, thank you. You're making us richer. And I'm also telling you that I've been in your shoes. And you know what? I got sick of making other people rich. So I got off my ass and did what I was supposed to do. That's the cold, hard truth of it. Yeah. I was a, a guest on a podcast yesterday and the guy had asked me, so Matt, what makes you successful? And I was like, I just do it. <laughs> like, I just do this stuff. You know, and it's, it's, so it's simple. there's no real, there's real, no real science behind it. I just, yeah. you have a plan and you do it. You got to do what I call dark mode. Okay. There was a point where I had to sell water bottles on the side of the road to pay the electric. And when I decided to start a business to try to like get back on my feet, I went into what I call dark mode. I took 30 days. I didn't respond to any texts. I didn't go anywhere. I just focused on my business, ate food, and just bare minimal for surviving. At the end of the 30 days, I had 100 missed calls, 200 text messages. My friends thought I died or they thought I was this huge jerk, whatever. But at the end of that 30 days, I completely dug my way out of my financial situation. You know, you've referenced it several times, and maybe it's just because I've listened to you so much on your, your channel as well, but about the, the selling the water bottles on the side of the road. I mean, it sounds mm -hmm. so... Like, what did that exactly look like? What actually happened there and what did it look like? Yeah, so what happened was we had a t-shirt company, another one of the businesses that I had. And it was doing well. But what happened was Chinese sellers hijacked my listing on Amazon. And I mean, look, this place, this thing was doing good. Here, I'll tell you my strategy. I would make shirts, funny shirts around TV shows. Like, for instance, I had a shirt that said, I had a silhouette of Rick Grimes and it said, keep calm and walk on, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I would do is, at the very end of an episode of The Walking Dead, when there was a cliffhanger, I would immediately write a blog post about what I thought the ending meant and what could possibly happen in the next episode. Then mm -hmm. I would go into all the various Walking Dead groups or groups for the TV shows. And I would just say, Hey, did you guys see this article? And because the, sh and I literally would write it in 10 minutes. And because the uh -huh. show had just ended 10, 15, 20 minutes ago, and then this article gets posted, they're like, I got to read this article, right? Cause they're hyped mm -hmm. up about it. It would, they would get tens, hundreds of thousands of shares. And then mm -hmm. at the very bottom of the article, I would say something like love the walking dead buy this shirt. And they would click on it. They'd go to my Amazon store and I, we would sell thousands of them, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I had invested quite a bit of money into a screen printing setup, 
a DTG direct to garment. I had the presses, all this stuff, right? I, I literally rented a house. I had all of this stuff and it was crazy. Well, one day, Chinese sellers somehow hijacked my listing on Amazon and they start producing the same shirts, but like horrible quality. So people started leaving reviews on my near perfect Amazon mm-hmm. seller account that these shirts were horrible quality and all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? So I reached out to Amazon and it was like a two week process to get these Chinese sellers removed from the listing that they weren't even supposed to be on. And I had to submit documentation and all this stuff. And every time I got one removed, three more would pop in its place. And no matter what I did, I, I couldn't fix it. And so I gave up because like literally our revenue tanked because you know how it is with Amazon. They see bad reviews and they just, they don't buy. And so mm-hmm. here I am with all this equipment. I can't make any money. I'm barely struggling to pay the bills. So what did I do? I took the equipment I had and I printed up water, $1. I went to Walmart. I took like the last few bucks I had, bought a bunch of cases of water. I printed one up for my wife. We went out on the side of the road and we tried to sell water bottles to pay the electric. And we didn't sell a single bottle. Nobody stopped to buy a bottle. We came home super dejected. And then not too long after that, I got a knock on the door from the IRS with a $250,000 tax bill because when I owned my bar, the lady doing my taxes died in the middle of it, had all my files. I couldn't access them. So I literally had to like recall things from memory and it it was a mess. And so I got audited. They said I owed 250. It, it was all like just one thing after another. But it was the best thing that could ever happen to me because if it never happened to me, I never would have became a millionaire. I never would have forced myself to make money and I, ne- I never would have become a millionaire, period. So it was really the best thing that ever happened to me. Amazing. So you going from such financial lows to such significant highs, and it, it seems like there's a lot of people right now, I think more than usual, that are concerned about cash and cash flow management. And maybe you just kind of shared it already, but if you would like to sum it up into an actual strategy or a principle, what were those that helped you manage and overcome those financial obstacles? (laughs) Well, it it depends on what season you're talking about. Are you talking about when I was dead broke or are you talking about when I had a little bit of coin in my purse? Right. I'm trying to think like what would be most relevant. I mean, if you could do a a summary of each, that maybe that would be good. I'll give, I'll give you some, some points from each one. When you're dead broke, mm-hmm. the, you know why most people who are broke stay broke? Because they spend money on stupid stuff, right? Like if you are broke, here are the following items. You should not be in your life. You should not buy them, okay? If you're, I'm going to say this again. If you're broke, you are an idiot if you buy the following items. Cigarettes, alcohol, movie tickets, dinners, I could go on and on and on, right? Anything that is not essential to your survival, you should not spend money on. And instead, you take that money that you would have spent and you spend it on something that could get you out of your financial situation. For example, a pack of cigarettes is like 10 bucks. You can get two business books written by millionaires for 10 bucks. Get them on, or even less if you get them on Audible on Amazon. So think about that. You're broke. You don't like being broke. You want to get out of your situation, but you go out and you spend money on a pack of cigarettes that's just going to give you cancer instead of spending it on a book that could get you even that much closer to getting out of your situation. Most people, not all, but most people are broke 
because they choose to be broke. They choose to stay broke and they make terrible decisions. And when they learn that and they learn to be make better decisions, all of a sudden they aren't broke anymore. And that was me, man. I made terrible decisions and that's why I was broke. I gained experience. I gained awareness. I made better decisions. And like magic, I wasn't broke anymore. It really is not any more simple than that. Later on, when you got some money, here's how I managed my money when I started making some money. If there was something I shouldn't have been doing, because the thing is, what I did in my business made the money. That was my superpower. So Mm -hmm. if I went and cleaned the dishes, if I went and shopped, if I cooked, if I did anything, took my car to get an oil change, this doesn't make me any money, right? Mm -hmm. So I would hire somebody for this much to go do those things, or I would order Instacart or whatever, so that I would spend that time doing something that made this much. And so in the beginning, if you are like, where do I invest my money? I'm starting to make money in my business. Where do I invest it? Don't invest it into real estate. Invest it into a maid. Invest it into a cook. Invest it into an assistant. Invest it into people or things that remove useless hours from your life so that you can make more money. And then when your time is fully delegated, you have people that take care of these things. You've maximized your time for cash flow producing activities and you have a surplus. And I don't mean a surplus of like, ooh, I've got a few months in case something goes bad, in case a storm comes. I mean, you already have that and now you have just excessive money that you're like, I don't even know what to do with this. Then you look at real estate. That, but see, for me, it's like, if you want to invest in real estate, well, you got to have some money. Right. And I know that there's all these strategies you can do, no money down, but my God, man, just make some fucking money. Okay. (laughs) Just go out and make and create some cash flow. You know how much easier it is to actually create cash flow than it is to do all this insanely complicated financing and talking about just go make some money. Okay. And take that money and buy stuff. But for me, the real estate has not been my main thing. It's just been what I've done with my money when it's sitting around. I mean, it's made me millions. Why? Mm-hmm. Not because of the real estate, but because I focused on the cash flow generating activities and then I just dumped it into real estate. I wasn't around spending eight hours a day searching for properties. I was making money. Like it. That's one of my complaints about like a Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's audience is broke people. So what yeah. is a smart creator and marketer do. They market to their audience and they keep their audience in the audience. You don't want the audience to leave the movie theater. You want to keep them in the movie theater, right? Right. That's why you right. sell them the popcorn and the drinks. It's to save money and it'll compound it to this. And I was like, well, most people don't make enough to save enough for that math to pan out. So teach them how to make more money. Just kind of what you're right. saying. There's, most people don't know who I'm about to reference, but there is a legendary entrepreneur called Dan Kennedy. And mm-hmm. Dan Kennedy is one of the original dudes. If it wasn't for Dan Kennedy, you would not have most of the online millionaires you had today. And I I was was at a Dan Kennedy event and I asked him recently in the past year, what is your best method for winning back customers that cancel from our membership site? And he looks me in the eye and he says, listen, he said, I can already tell you haven't been in this game for decades by the fact that you asked that question. He said, Everyone that's been in this game for a while knows the math. It is far easier to acquire new customers than to save old ones. So instead of putting your effort into getting old customers to come back, put it into getting new customers. 
And it's the same thing. Instead of putting effort into saving money, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying do stupid, I'm not saying don't save money by not smoking cigarettes. That's obvious, right? Like you obviously should not overspend on certain things. You obviously should make better decisions with your money and reallocate. But see, my my thing is you obviously have the money because you're spending it. So don't save it, reallocate it to other things that will make you more money. And in most of the time, that's knowledge and skills. And so it's very similar to that. It's look, it's a lot easier to make money than to save money. It's a lot easier to get a new customer than save an old customer. And so I just think that people like Dave Ramsey, they give advice and they tell you to put your effort in the wrong place. For sure. One thing I always like to ask people that teach, people that speak, people that have YouTube channels and podcasts, what are you passionate about that you want to spend more time talking about or more time doing? Well, here's some things I'm passionate about that I think my customers are passionate about. And I think that I should talk about more and I want more opportunities to do so. I don't like the school system. Okay. I think the school system is on par propaganda wise as North Korea. I really do. I don't like the United States government and how they have warped society to be against the family um, and to keep us down. It is all a machine. It's a game that they've engineered and they've intentionally not taught us the rules of the game. So we can't win the game. You know what you call somebody that learned the rules of the game and won the game? You call them a self-made entrepreneur. That's who they are. And the government doesn't want that. We're at a, a point in society where instead of talking about solutions to major problems, we're arguing over what to call somebody. People don't even know what's in between their legs anymore. We're literally arguing over whether a dude is a guy or a girl. And the truth is that the people who made, who came up with that, they don't, they know that if you have, a, you're a guy and if you don't, you're a girl. They know that. They don't think that there's multiple genders. They don't think that. They injected that narrative into the conversation. So we'll talk about that rather than figure out what they're up to. They don't believe that. They're laughing all the way to the bank that we're even arguing over it. They're probably like, oh my God, I can't believe that one took off. Wow, look at all these people with blue hair. That's really what's happening, okay? So I like to talk about stuff like that. Um, the only other thing I can think of is maybe like, I love talking about movies. I love talking about screenwriting and how movies are made and things like that. But I talk about that a little bit because th- it does have to do with marketing, but I could talk about it a lot more, but that's not, uh, that in jujitsu. But I do talk about that stuff and I frame it for my marketing and my content. But I still try to think of my customer first and frame whatever I want to talk about to benefit them. Because ultimately, they're the reason I'm where I'm at. My customers are the reason why I'm rich. So why would I be selfish and just think about what I want to talk about? I want to help them. So whatever I want to talk about, I want to do it in a way that helps them. It's very apparent that you're passionate about what you do. And it's very apparent that you care about the people that you do help. So you've been a, a big contribution just in the last six months. Just I'll give you a little bit of feedback on your channel. Like I watch you um, break down and audit someone's business. And there's always two things that happen. I'm like, oh my God, thank God I don't have it as bad as that guy. And then the next question or the next thing that comes to my head is like, oh my God, I totally knew that, but I'm not doing it. And so it's like, uh, what's the expression? You can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. And I, yeah. I just kind of find yeah. myself coming outside of the bottle when I listen to your podcast or your, watch your YouTube channel. So thank you for doing that. 
Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. And I'm trying to get better and better and better at that. We've been really going all in on YouTube and um, we have a, almost 50,000 subscribers, but we're about to release some new videos that I think we've invested a lot and we're, I, I think they're really going to be game changing. Well, awesome. I wish you all the best. I will uh, be one of the people that watch you. So you got one view right here. And I know a lot of people are intrigued about what I'm talking about because when I get passionate about something, um, it kind of proliferates through my community. So they'll all be on, on board too. If someone wanted to get reach out to you for any reason, what would be the best way for them to do that, Dan? YouTube.com slash Dan Henry. I'm very active on Instagram at Dan Henry. But if you want to learn any more about like my books and all that stuff, just get clients.com. All right. It's over at the getclients.com or hit them up on the YouTube channel over at the forward slash Dan Henry. All right. So that's it. Thanks, bud. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.